Today's program has been brought to you by GreatBrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit GreatBrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Today is Tuesday, June 17, 2014. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. We're talking about hoppy Belgian beers. And we've got a, a new friend in, Nathan from Bitter Old Fecker in uh, Michigan. So, first, Brandon Woodcock, my good buddy. You're uh, working at Tourist and you're trying for the Cicerone Masters. That's coming up. Uh, I. I, I as part of your job today, you're going to be pouring every beer, and it's it's part of the test. Yeah, you put me the to Cicerones. work. But it's it's a pretty tough program, and just getting the Cicerones uh, certified alone is, is tough. What, what do you you have like this you know, rigorous training program? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, got to run up the art museum stairs and uh, you know, <laughs> box box of slabs of meat. No, I, uh, I it's actually for me. Um, I guess everybody that goes into the program has uh, different strengths and weaknesses, and for me, it's uh, it's actually one of my weaknesses is blind tasting. So uh, that's where I've been focusing a lot of energy. A uh, couple other cert- certified cicerones. Uh, one guy, James, uh, you're familiar with, has been. Uh, sort of leading the way and and uh it's really been uh for me you know blind tasting is it's deductive and so uh it helps me to have a rubric so i've just come up with all right you know there's like 10 points that i'm going to pay attention to before i have any thought about what beer i'm drinking um and yeah you know the program in general uh just at the certified cicerone level uh it still tries to cover the uh entire beer industry so to speak everything from uh you know, production process to, um, you know, draft line balance to beer and food pairings um, to beer styles and uh, includes off flavors. And then at the uh, master level, uh, I'm finding out that it uh, encompasses that, but then just way, way deeper down the rabbit hole. So, yeah, and uh, I, I guess I would say rigorous. You know, I uh, it's funny, the questions that you ask at the, um, I guess, level one, which is beer server, are kind of like exploratory and you're, you're getting, you know, familiar with the territory. And then at the certified level, you finally have uh, a grasp at it and uh, people start calling you an expert and you realize that the only thing that you're an expert at is knowing what you don't know. And, uh, and that is vast. So, um, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, like if we're talking about hoppy Belgians today, I'm going to, you know, pull up all the different uh, material that I can find about, uh, Noble hops, European hops, differences uh, in you know the the hop regions in in Belgium and and what they're growing and whatnot and and what the story is behind the beer because you know it might be a question about what's the alpha acid um, range of of a uh, you know uh, Brewer's Gold right but it might also be like what's the story of a puppering Ale? so we're so. giving we're giving him a chance to unload a little bit of the knowledge <laughs> I saw you last week you were James Ty at Jamie's number forty three and. He was blind tasting you, and um, you know I'm looking forward to hanging out with you on the show tonight. Thanks, man. Uh, a new guest. Um, <clears throat> this is a guy I want to call him Nathan Fecker, but it's Nathan Huckel. <laughs> He's from Bitter Old Fecker Brewing in uh, Chelsea, Michigan. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
So you have a pretty good story. You make, you make beer in a rustic setting. Uh, rustic setting and rustic style, rustic kind of approach. Um, kind of both in mentality and actual brewing kind of brewing so What approach. do you do when you make beer? I mean, we're going to get your whole story tonight, but, you know, a typical brew day, are you doing everything by hand? Are you, are you welding equipment as needed? Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's it's a little bit like working on a farm almost. You know, um, you know, I handle as much of the the process as possible, um, and that that has included making making some of my own pieces of equipment. Um, you know, my mash tun has I I actually fabricated the false bottom for it, which was kind of a mistake <laughs> in a way because it was it turned out to be a really a lot of labor um but the actual you know the actual brewing process too is you know it's very very hands-on um from from start to finish yeah no it's a good it's a good story what's your website it's a uh, drinkoldfecker.com no, it's cool you got some cool videos there's a lot of farmy stuff going on looking forward to trying your, your beer today also on the show and um one of the sub themes of the show is about hoppy belgian beers you know, that Omi Gang and Duval, they put out, like, the Duval Triple Hop, and they have Hobble and Schuf. And we were thinking, Brendan and I were talking last week, so what, what are some of the other beers that represent, you know, the, this traditional Belgian style? Or, or is there a traditional Belgian style with hoppy beers? Because everyone talks about IPAs. And I think all this year we've been trying to say, hey, let's go back to Belgium and look at some of the classic styles. So we've got uh, two guys here from uh, Global Imports who handle Popperings Hommel, which is one of my favorite Belgian hoppy beers, uh, Sean Stefanian. You can say your name if I don't say it, right? Stepanian. And Dan Lehman, so Global Beer. So tell me a little bit about the Poppering Homo and uh, you know that, that aspect of, of Belgium. Well, actually, I had the opportunity to go to Belgium for the first time a month ago and got to see you know the brewery and got to see the region where they grow the hops and everything. Um, the background of the, the beer is actually really cool. So they get the hops from uh, the town of Popperings, which is where they grow 75% of the hops in Belgium. Um, so you have the, the widest variety of hops there, and they use a, a wide range of, of different aroma hops. And what they did was in 1970 in the region, they had about six different breweries operating, and they decided to have a, a – they were having a hop festival they have every three years, um, Triennial Hop Festival. And they decided they would have a competition between all the breweries that were operating to see who could brew the best beer with the hops from the Popperings region. And Van Eck Brewery, which makes Popperings Hamel, was already kind of brewing a beer that was very similar to this, and they decided to like just kind of kick it up a notch a little bit and came out with what is now known as Popperings Hamel Beer. Um, they decided to do... Uh, they won that year's competition. They decided to do it again, I think, uh, the next festival or yeah uh, which is three years later and they won again and they did it again for the next festival and three three times in a row Popperings Hommel beer came out as the number one beer so they decided that you know what this is going to be the best beer from this region made out of these hops and they've been making it ever since and it's just a great background great beer um, just really nice uh, hop variety so let's go through let's taste some of my beers and uh, we'll talk a little bit about them so <clears throat> Brendan the first beer that you brought Oh, yeah, it's uh, from Brasserie de la Seine, uh, south of Brussels. It's Taras Bulba. Um, at, uh, at Turst, it's one of our favorites. We try to squirrel it away whenever we get it. Um, but, yeah, it's a, uh, a session blonde. It's around 4.5%. Um, they label it as extra hoppy. Uh, like many Belgian beers, it has a cool story. Uh, the uh, the label has this uh, burly man, you know, throwing a, a barrel or about to throw a barrel at um, 
someone he's calling a fool, uh, and uh, that appears to be his son. I guess it's uh, the story is, you know, uh, taken it's a, from a, a Russian Ukrainian thing. Fa- yeah, folk tale, yeah, Ukrainian folk tale, and um, I think that the story actually uh, sort of syncs up with the beer because um, they're taking it and interpreting it, saying that. Um, the son uh, is Flemish, and he married a Wallonian girl. So it's almost as if the, uh, you know, the 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 hoppy or straightforward um, style that Flanders might have inherited from England, so to speak, uh, meets Wallonia, which is Cezanne territory. So it's kind of a blend in the beer itself. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I like the the story aspect. Nathan, what you, have you had this beer before? No, this is a, this is the first time I've had it. So. Um are you familiar with like hoppy Belgian beers? A uh, fair amount. If uh, yeah, I've had a few. Actually, right before I came out here, I had the proper ensemble beer uh, for probably the third time, I think. So, what's the scene like? So, you're in Chelsea, Michigan. Where's that? Uh, it's about. It's basically on the west side of Ann Arbor. Uh, it's the next town over, about ten minutes outside of Ann Arbor. There's a good beer scene there. Ann Arbor is good, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chelsea, I'm actually kind of the second brewery in Chelsea. There's another place that that is downtown Chelsea, uh, the Chelsea Ale House, that they're kind of more of a tap room and thing, that sort of thing, Um, whereas I'm just kind of a secret production facility that (laughs) nobody nobody can find. On the farm, can people visit you to have a tasting room? Uh, we we actually don't have a tasting room right now. Uh, like I said, it, it's just kind of my secret location, <laughs> which you know I, we are open to having visitors and stuff too. But yeah, so should we just we should just watch the videos and buy your beer, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, tell us about your buddy. Your buddy, your buddy does the labels and and he, he made the video. Right, that's uh, Keith Neltner. Uh, he is an artist out of Camp Springs, Kentucky. Um, I've been a I've been a big fan of his for a bunch of years. He uh, he's done a he did a lot of work for and continues to do a lot of work for different musicians. Uh, a lot of a lot of kind of uh, outlaw scene country artists like Hank Williams III and Shooter Jennings. And uh, I was I've been a fan of that music and so kind of therefore a fan of his as well. And I was lucky enough to somehow trick him into doing our labels too oh cool and uh for you guys uh Shahan, what do you guys think about the uh taurus bulba i think it's really nice very sessionable really mellow uh you know good balance to it uh not over i mean it's not overly hopped it's not it's not incredibly strong in the in the hop forward you just kind of have to it just kind of comes to you slowly which is nice you know it, it, it kind of approaches you quietly it doesn't is there anything you. unique and Dan you can jump anything unique about the, the Belgian beers that are using hops and, and is it different yeah, I mean American I think or could this be an American beer I think too? that in general you have two types of hop beers coming out of Belgium and you have ones that are influenced purely by the American market and we have Troubadour Magma which is a Simcoe hops IPA Parade Triple hops Cascade hopped um, you know Belgians are all about balance it's the same thing in the wide wine world. You know, California reds are bold and tanniny and, and in your face, and French wines are smooth and silky and, and balanced, and both have their place. So the Belgian hot beers are kind of like that, and that they approach you with the balance, you know. So, you know, for Poppering's Hommel, for example, they're brewing with Challenger, Hallertau, uh, East Kent Goldings, and, you know, makes very mild beer. Well, let's try the Poppering Hommel. And then also, I also brought Hoblon Schuf. 
<clears throat> and uh, from Omegang Duval and the Duval Triple Hop. Uh, have you had that? Any of those beers, Brendan? Have you had the new uh, Duval Triple Hop? I haven't had this year's. Um, so the story with that is uh, every year it um, they change what they dry hop it with. So uh, they call it the Triple Hop. I think it's a play with triple, you know, Golden Strong is similar there. But uh, also they um, do... Oh. <laughs> Sorry, you got me doing two Everybody things at once. Talking that's beer, part of the, I, the test you're practicing for the yeah, master yeah. cicerone exam. I got to ask you questions. Right? You got to keep pouring beer, Brandon. Come on, <laughs> multitask here. Um, so the uh, I think they do. We have an empty here. They do the uh, the bittering hop edition uh, originally with one hop. Then they do the. Um, yeah, he's doing great. He's pouring beer and he's trying to talk and he's answering a tough question. And uh, the aromatic, and then the dry hop is the third hop. So uh, this year they used the mosaic. That's great. We're going we're to try the, the Duval triple hop tonight on the show, too. All right, so this is the Pop Rings Hommel. So you guys tell us about this. Um, it, it's, it was a sleeper. I'd never heard of it, and a few years ago I started carrying it, and I always like it. Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic beer. For, for us, it's funny. It's, it's, it's been a challenge getting this beer into the market because a lot of people's expectations for what a hoppy beer are are citrusy and, and grapefruit. And you know, it's a great example of kind of the more floral, elegant qualities of hops, which I think are as virtuous as the bold and, and bitter. So uh, it's something that we continue to work on and try to educate people. So thank you for having us and give us an opportunity to put this out there. And it is in its own right a testament to hops, and uh, you know, we're very happy with it. I think the one thing that I just want to put out there to make sure people know because I, I come across this all the time people want to know how to categorize this beer and a lot of times I get I think it gets mislabeled as a Belgian IPA I would never put this down as a Belgian IPA just because of the fact that when you get an IPA when you're expecting a certain flavor profile out of an IPA you kind of want the bitterness of the hop you want you know a different kind of sharpness in that flavor and you don't get that from the Pop Rings Hummel so you know as long as you go in knowing what you're getting you're getting a really balanced aromatic beer you know, you're getting a really good flavor, a really nice kind of grassy herbal note to it also. But it's not going to, you know, knock you like an American IPA, like a West Coast IPA might. Um, so you're not getting that expectation out of it. But you got to go into it knowing what you're going to be drinking. Well, Brandon, you're taking notes because you might be surprised because we're talking about the Master Cicerone exam. One, one of the, uh, I know there's like Don Littlefield from Van Bergen to Wolf. There, there's this core group. Is Randy Mosier part of that? Like who's going to actually examine you? Because a lot of like one-on-one it's pretty challenging. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to know. Uh, I, Randy is, uh, is certainly active in um, at least some of the grading, uh, some of the testing as well. Um, there are some others I've heard, some names floating around, uh, even Garrett Oliver, you know, uh, Charlie Banforth. Uh, yeah, a, a few others. I know uh, the other Master Cicerones are, are uh, active in it. Uh, I'll be taking it in October in California, so I know Nicole Ernie is probably in play. Uh, Some good people. One time a few years yeah. ago, we talked to Charlie Banforth on the air. He's a professor at UC Davis, and he's a big, he's a big uh, expert on yeasts, which is one area I don't even want to go to. <laughs> but I, well, I mean, we're in that territory. This is Belgian beer, right? And, uh, you know, he's, he's also, I was listening to him uh, today actually talk about hops and, um, you know, connecting back to um, what we were saying earlier about there kind of being two uh, types of Belgian IPA, quote-unquote. You've got the ones that are made with American hops uh, with that kind of intention, and then you've got sort of the older school uh, that wouldn't even really be IPA-ish. They're just hoppy. You know, um, one thing we didn't mention about the homilale is homil just means hops, right, in the local dialect. Um, 
And pop rings means pop rings. It just yeah, it, li- it literally means the hot beer from pop ring. It's very right. simple. And uh, the um, you know the variety I believe on that uh, is um, they they have Brewers Gold um, for bittering, which is like eight to ten percent alpha acid com- uh, compared to say you'd have like a, a Bravo or a Mosaic, which might be up around like fourteen percent, and those would be the ones making the or Simcoe. You know, those are the ones making the big West Coast hops. Uh, that we that we have that um, harsh clean bitterness from, so this is like slightly less bitter, uh, and then they focus on the aromatic, which are going to be the the Hallertau, which is the other hop grown in that region, and so that's going to give you some of the uh, spicy florals and the uh, kind of aromatic notes. Awesome, we got a good start. We got all our guests in place. We're back in a few minutes on a beer sessions radio. All right. So you like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the Internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit greatbrewers.com today. You are listening to Leaving by Dead Stars here on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. So we're talking to Brandon Woodcock, who's going for his master's in Cicerone. We've got Nathan Hukul from uh, Fester's Old Fester. What's the name of your brewery? <laughs> I want to call him Nathan Fecker, but it's a little complicated. Uh, Nathan Hukul from Bitter Old Fecker. That's right. And we got uh, Dan Shahan from uh, Global Beer, who brought Pop Rings home. So we're talking a little bit about some Belgian beers. Crazy Patrick Donahurst here from... Uh, Fool's Gold NYC. We're going to talk to him later about his new bar in New York City. But right now, let's go to you, Nathan. We were talking about IPAs, the difference between Belgian and American IPAs, yeast. So tell us a little bit about your – let's get deep now. Let's go into your brewing process and some of the sure. ingredients that you use, okay? <coughs> Welcome, Patrick. Buddy. I had a bet that you weren't going to come today. I totally forgot about it. I'm World Cup. <laughs> I have to buy Justin a beer. Drinking all day and watching the World Cup. So uh, basically, the kind of the overall rundown of uh, kind of the pro- the approach that I'm using is we we do exclusively U.S. grown malts and hops, um, and it's kind of styles that ne- aren't necessarily unfamiliar, but uh, with the addition of kind of some non-traditional ingredients that are kind of meant to complement the style itself. Uh, like right now, we're having this. Uh, what is our? So what, what's in it? Tell us, like, 
What did you make? This hops? What hops? What grain? Uh, this one, this one here, the strutter that we're having right now, which is actually, it's kind of. This is about a year on right now, so it, you know the majority of the aroma hops have faded at this point, um, and it's kind of morphed into something else. But uh, this one actually is. There's actually a bit of rye in it as, um, as well, and. I think I want to say there's about 12 varieties of hops in it originally, <laughs> um, which may be a little over so the top. You're loading and then, it up. So, so yeah. I know some of your backstory is like, now I'm going to get to the backstory. Sure. So, uh, your, your people in your family used to make beer, sometimes the prohibitions. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, this yeah. seems to be a big part of your story. Yeah. Uh, yeah my, uh, actually, my great grandparents in living in Detroit were, were bootleggers. Uh, during prohibition they would drive over the over the river over to canada and smuggle booze back and then they had a uh they had a blind pig out of their basement that they ran that the majority of their clientele as far as i understand was detroit police (laughs) um and at the same time my my grandmother also brewed beer out of the kitchen she worked at a uh, at a brickyard and would brew beer and take it to uh Take it to the guys that she worked with there. So where did you work before you opened your own brewery? Uh, Grizzly Peak was uh, in Ann Arbor was my other bit of uh, sort of more professional experience with brewing, working under the, uh, the great and knowledgeable Duncan Williams. Uh, went through the uh, Williams School of Brewing there. And you were talking about um, you, you try to get ingredients that might not necessarily be used together before and create like somewhat new flavor profiles. I just uh, got a handle on the bottle. I've had sure. pouring responsibility, so I didn't get to look before. But this is a barrel-aged IPA we're drinking with chamomile, rose petals, and juniper. Right. That's kind uh, of crazy. And yeah. it's totally aromatic. Yeah, everything that we do is is out of uh, barrels, 100%. Uh, and kind of the idea generally speaking with the with the extra ingredients the kind of non-traditional ingredients is to find something that complements the style i mean i i would say in a in an ipa probably more specifically in, in an american ipa you can definitely you could get notes of juniper or rose petals or chamomile and so kind of the idea is to just put those in there and kind of actually give that a little bit of a boost and i think also as the, as this beer ages, as the hops fade out, you kind of are left with some of those more herbal components, and they kind of start to come out a little bit more. Yeah, as it's time almost, goes on. It seems to almost be going in the direction of like uh, an American barley wine or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, it's great, man. It's almost like you're cooking, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of how I think of it. I, you know, well, it made uh, sense to me. It's, it says that your your brewery is like it's rustic. It could it could operate without electricity if it had to. It could. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, I don't, I don't necessarily choose to do it that way. <laughs> I do have pumps and you know, kind of some of the typical things that most people have. But uh, it's actually kind of set up in a way that we, that it literally could run without electricity. So, how many barrels do you, do you have? Uh, at the moment, I have I have eight barrels that I'm working with, and we're actually in the process of uh, kind of expanding into a second a second space that's within our building uh, where we're going to add. Probably about three times as many barrels from there. So it's pretty special. Do you sell in New York City? 
No, we don't sell. So you in just New York came for... here today to meet us, <laughs> and your friend Jack. Uh, yeah, Black. exactly. I, uh, you know, your I'll PR take person, any ex- any excuse that I that I can to come to New York. So you literally just you just reached out to Justin and Jacqueline. You want to come to New York? Yeah, exactly. Yep. It was that's great, man. Well, th- there'll be some uh, like some said, New York folks that want to try to acquire your beer. I'm sure that'll. <laughs> we got to we got to get Patrick on that because you can't let let Patrick. So Patrick Donner, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Jimmy. You know you you helped open the Rattle and Hum, and then Alewife and Jeffrey, yeah. and now the Fool's Gold. I've, I've been there yeah, a couple times. I have three now. Come on, close. Uh-huh. So the big joke is I was I, you're always working so hard. Last time I saw you at on the bar, you picking glasses right before you opened. <laughs> That's right. Uh, day so, of, it was the day over thing. So before we talk about your new bar, some of the beers today. Do you carry Pop Rings Hommel or, or Taras Bulba or Taranki XX? Because I know you always have. I, great I carry um, Durank and Taras Bulba. And my favorite Belgian breweries are I don't know if they're all here, but Durank, Bink, Delisan, Cantillon. <clears throat> Those are the my top four favorite breweries of all time. I think. And are you doing? I, Imports mm-hmm. at Fool's Gold or just yeah, American? bottles yeah. mostly. Well, in draft, like I carry Taurus Bulb and XX Bitter as much as possible. Like they're my favorite beers. They're my desert island beers. Yeah, and I've always, ever since I can remember, shouting, bringing them in, always pouring them. Good stuff. So, what was it like opening Fool's Gold? Uh, it took nightmare. you a while. <laughs> <laughs> it, was t- it, it took us a while. It took us. It was a really cool winter, so we couldn't work for three months. I couldn't get the contractors to do anything because they were. It was freezing, and we every time we poured concrete, it would crack. And um, we just had to wait until it got a little bit warmer, and we got. Then we started bringing in big heaters, industrial heaters, like jet fuel heaters, and that started working a little bit. And uh, then once once the once the good weather came, we really went at it. All right, as soon as it went up like five degrees, we're like, all right, now it's time to work. So we got everybody in, and we put it together pretty quick. Like I use a lot of, I I would go to Brooklyn and, and like ra- just raid somehow like old construction zones and steal stuff from there, like metal and. Like tin ceiling and stuff and, and lumber and we put it all together. We spent time just cleaning it up and putting it together. So nothing really we bought nothing new for the whole bar except for a computer system. Everything else, like I had a refrigerator and storage for four years that we used uh, as a walk in cooler, it's like ten foot by eighteen foot long and so that was good to get out of storage for a while. Um, yeah, it's good to have him. Congratulations for getting open. Thank you. Been there a Fire couple of times. We liked it. Yeah, um, let's talk. So we're talking about Belgian beer and stuff. So this guy's from Michigan. He came all the way to New York City. So uh, you guys want to say anything about his beer? Because we got. Uh, I I personally Dan loved it. Shana. I thought obviously you said the hops faded. I'm getting like a little cinnamon on it for some reason, but it definitely ha- it's very juicy. So I think almost the hops dying down brings it to a whole other level of, of balance. There, there is a, there is some Belgian yeast in there. Uh, that's one of the things that we do is that. I guess that I do is uh, the the batches are split up and fermented with different strains of yeast before they go into the barrels, before they get blended into the barrels. And the beer that you're drinking right now is actually a blend of, I think, four different American yeasts and three different Belgian yeasts. So it could be a little bit of where the cinnamon's coming yeah, from. That's beautiful. Okay. You know, I'm like Brandon, so at, at Taurus yeah. and, and Patrick at Fool's Gold and Jeffrey, so he's he doesn't sell in New York yet, but he might. So how, how would he go about getting placed in in your bars on the, well, the beer list? Bootleg first. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's easy. Like we, we, we take road trips all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not lawyers. You're talking about three tier system and distribution really really excites some yeah. people here. TTB, I hope TTB is not listening. Can I better get yeah, right. what I do? Yeah, but yeah. W- w- would you sell in New York? I mean, is, is it is it worth it for you? I mean, you're making small amount of beer. Mm-hmm. You mostly sell it. Do you sell it to 
out of your out of your farmhouse, or, or do you actually? No, yeah, we, we actually go through a distributor. Uh, we actually have a common friend uh, through our distributor in Ann Arbor, uh, which is Rave and Associates. Uh, his name is Michigan Rick, and he's awesome. Look him up. <laughs> he has his own TV series on YouTube. Change <laughs> um, like a bootlegger right off the bat. So yeah, so we we do go through a distributor, um, and we actually are about to to kind of go through. Uh, relatively speaking, a kind of a large expansion for us, and so there will definitely be some options for you know, kind of reaching beyond Michigan. What what kind of feedback did you get on this particular beer? Because um, I know when you barrel age something, uh, obviously it takes time, sure. and if you're uh, putting something out there as an IPA, you know, uh, the traditional association is people want it as fresh as possible. I know Michigan's big on IPA, you know. Uh, if too hard, it is huge. They just came to New York recently. So, uh, did you get any feedback? Like people said, it wasn't hoppy enough, or well, I, for one, I mean, we did. I, I did actually dry hop it in the barrels right up until it was bottled. Um, I mean, you know, I think I, I did kind of a stu- two-stage dry hopping right before it was bottled. So, so it was, I think it was fairly aromatic when you know when it was still a bit more fresh. Um, but I, I did. We did kind of get. I think some people were a little bit confused about it, uh, as far as you know, with the, with the different herbs that are in it, and with the combination of the hops and and with the barrel, kind of some of the barrel characteristics that that are in there. And, Was um, it bourbon barrel? Right, rip. You can you can taste the rindness of it from bourbon barrel. Like I, I think this here isn't just tasting with the aromatics coming off of like rose petals and everything else. Coming, you know, when you have um, I get a lot of first time drinkers coming into my bar mm-hmm. and then. They're hit with like a big beer menu, like a tourist, and mm-hmm. you know it's. And then we have some big IPAs on. We've but this here is kind of like a, a very flavorful IPA. It's not just based on hops, but it's based. It's like giving you an entry to, you know, with the flower aroma of it. And then you have you can taste that throughout the the beer too. So it's not just pure bitter when you're drinking. You get the roundness of the barrel and everything else coming through, which I think is a great. I think you could nearly see a trend as a starting for for IPA drinkers for first timers getting getting into IPAs. Then they'll go. Further on that for just their bitterness, you know. The ABS sure. will go off the charts, but with this here, it's it's blanketed with everything you've added to it. And I think it, I think it works. I think it's great. Thank you, thank you, Brendan. Want to pop the Dranky XX? Sure. We're gonna go get a new beer from Shelton Brothers, and we're gonna be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. 
got quite a crew here today. Let's give a shout out. July Good Bear Month is coming up. Our friends at Coney Island on tap will be uh, July 12th at the Brooklyn Cyclones Park in Coney Island. Check it out, Coney Island on tap. It's a good beer festival for uh, July Good Bear Month. All right, so here we are. We got uh, Brandon Woodcock. All right, cheers. Patrick Donaher. Cheers. Nathan from Fecker. Cheers. <laughs> and, uh, I love that name. Fecker. Yeah, it's, it's good, right? Fecker, yeah. Sean and Dan from uh, Parperings Hommel. You just call yourselves Parperings Hommel. Well, that's that makes fine. It easier We're tasting you. some Belgian style beers and, and uh, some new beers from uh, Michigan with uh, Nathan. So, um, what do you guys think? We just we popped the Duranke XX. It's some people, it's their favorite beer in the world. It's one of my favorites. How does this compare to the other uh, Belgian beers we've had so far, uh, Brandon? Yeah, you know. Um, I, I would say just uh, in comparison, uh, it's, it, it tastes a little more uh, well, <laughs> bitter, <laughs> right? Um, uh, a little bit cloying. Um, there's some astringency in the back. Uh, it, it's nice. Actually, you know, doing a little research on it, 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 it seems that they use the same uh, varieties of hop as the Hommel Ale. Uh, but what I think sort of separates it is the yeast um, seems to have fermented it a little bit more cleanly. Uh, at least from a couple of sips. That's, that's Duranc actually use um, whole leaf hops all year round, and they, they buy the one batch of beer or the one batch of hops, and they keep it, and they keep it refrigerated all year round. So throughout the course of the year, you see like you know, the the bitterness of the, the hops and the flavorful of like the later batches you get throughout the year will be not as bitter throughout the yeah, year and they'll not evolve, be as, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's more but, like wine. So I was yeah. over there and I seen like this massive big cooler refrigerator full to the brim of hops, and like they're only halfway through. So they make a lot of beer, but they won't make beer with anything else but holy hops. I, I like that. I like that in a brewery. I mean, yeah. it's too nice. You start you start them at the beginning of the year. They're they're one way, and they, it's a big they check change. all at once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we we were talking about. Um, I mean, check for the hops. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a big bill one time a year. <laughs> you know, I think uh, one of the ideas that we were floating around was. Uh, how uh, there's this uh, conception of like uh, American beers are the hoppy ones and Belgium can't do hoppy beers or something like that. You know, like there's the sort of mainstream conception that uh, Belgian beers are just going to be uh, like almost yeast forward and yeast focused and uh, and somewhat sweet. You know, you got the candy sugar thing. Um, but seeing Belgian producers uh, pay attention to hop storage. Uh, and and focus on hops, not just the uh, the bittering, but also um, you know in in the aromatic sense, it's uh, it's pretty cool. And um, I, I was thinking also, we were talking earlier about uh, you know in in the states, we could kind of go anywhere with the breweries, right? Because we had prohibition, and then we had World War II, and then we had sort of like hyper industrialization of everything. So it was kind of like a blank slate. And uh, in Belgium, you know, when they were dry hopping Orval in, in like 1934, you know, uh, the consumers got used to that palate. And the hop storage back then didn't have the benefit of refrigeration or uh, freezers. So um, the alpha acids in the hops were getting exposed to oxygen and losing some of their bitterness. And so the primary bitterness that you would get was actually from uh, beta acids. Uh, being exposed to oxygen and then um, just forming slightly less bitter uh, compounds. You're really and studying for this test, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I was able to say that because I wasn't pouring a beer. Yeah. Well, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny, though. If you look at the course that hops took to get to England, it actually went from Germany to Flanders and then, and then Flanders to... Uh, 
you know, England. So the, the road to bitter beer is definitely stopped in Belgium pretty early, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. And if you look at like the hot bills of the, uh, you know, traditional Belgian beers, it's, it's really high. And, um, you know, here you have a brewery that uh, kind of got their start and, and this beer in particular, I think 1994. Uh, you know, around the same time that Lagunitas IPA comes on the scene. And, you know, they're doing exactly the same thing. They're just throwing a lot of hops at it and making a bitter product. So it's it sort of uh, contradicts that mainstream perception of what Belgians are. Years ago, Dan Shelton said that when they made Durenki XX, they were trying to make the beer that they used to make in Belgium before the World War One. So... I mean, is that the same thing with Parpering's Homeland? I mean, is, is it a traditional Probably style? About the same story you were just saying. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it, as far as a traditional style, I, I don't know exactly how to categorize. Well, it's funny. We, we've had this trouble. Actually, someone mentioned TTB earlier. And we were going to try to submit, resubmit Parpering's Homeland as a strong pale ale. And they said, no, you can't use the word strong. God forbid we set a proper expectation for a beer. But, uh, you know, that's something that we've, we've worked pretty hard on doing. But, muscular you know, they, paleo. What's up? A muscular paleo. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> muscular, I like that. But, uh, no, I mean, tr- traditional, it definitely, this particular beer, Poppering's Hommel, dates back to 1970. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of American craft beer, we're up there with Anchor and Steam as far as being traditional, right, as far as the year. But, I mean, like you said, with Orval in 1934, hops have always been a big part of, of Northwest Belgium uh, in particular and assertive in their own ways. So I know you guys are you're importing and repping some of your beers around the city and around the country. What are some of the places that, that serve Pop Rings Hommel? Uh, I mean, right now in New York, uh, specifically, I can tell you Ginger Man uh, has Pop Rings Hommel on tap. I actually stopped off to grab a couple of uh, bottles on the way in at Brooklyn Beer in uh, uh, you know Williamsburg. Um, there are a few places that you can find around the city that'll rotate it in, like uh, Kirk with Third uh, Avenue L House and uh, uh, Amsterdam L House will bring it in, and uh, Matt at Valhalla will have it in. So a lot of the beer bars around New York City like to have it in. And right now, from from what I'm hearing of people uh, who are who are bringing in the kegs, especially the the thing about this kind of beer uh, and any hop beer really is you want the freshness. Uh, of the hops to come through. You want the beer to be able to shine. And we've been able to to get the inventory coming in on a regular basis so that the kegs that are coming in are really fresh kegs. So you can really get that brightness of the beer that you couldn't get if it was sitting around for like, you know, six months to a year. So right now the kegs that you're getting, if you find Poppering Samuel on draft, order it. Just if you see that thing on the menu on a draft list, you gotta grab that because right now it's the freshest you're gonna see in the US, you know, that you've seen in like five years probably. Nathan, talking about fresh, what, what did you bring us? This is it's stuff that you just bottled recently? Is um, it, are you doing bottle conditioning? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's bottle conditioning. Uh, everything is. Uh, the one that it, we're pouring right now is Kaplan, which was, uh, that came out, I think, back in February. Um, so it, it, called it an, an Imperial Bronze Ale, again, barrel-aged with, uh, with morels, morel mushrooms, where thrown into the barrels uh, again kind of a dry hopping sort of thing but with with morels what kind of uh, flavor do they impart I mean I, I guess typically mushrooms are going to give you an earthiness that, that, was, that was the idea yeah was to you know it's the beer is kind of similar to maybe like a you know a Belgian double or double however you prefer to say it um and so they, I, I kind of, the idea was to originally have a beer like that and kind of impart some earthy aromatics to it. And you were saying all your 
beers are barreled, I'm just smelling a lot of oak. And is this also bourbon? It is. It is. Yep. Yep. Yeah, everything basically goes through. Let's make a toast, you guys. Thanks for everybody coming out. uh, Patrick, a few more things. So, foosball, what's on draft tonight? Oh, fuck. Uh, We're doing um, a lot of Nikasi beers on tonight because it's the... um, we're doing a launch strike. Um, we uh, we held off for a week or so, and there's a lot of transit problems with Nikasi stuff. And um, but uh, so we're putting on eleven beers from Nikasi at each bar: the Jeffrey, your wife, and Fool's Gold tonight. So um, apart from that, I got the wrong X on. I got a lot of good beer. I do all three beer lists at all three bars. So trying to remember which ones on which place is a nightmare. So I know when you were at Rattle and Humble, you were real hands-on with, with, with the kegs. So how do you do with three bars? I wake up earlier. Do you guys should so, go to each bar each day? And yeah, I do. Um, I start with Alewife usually around 7, 7.30, and whatever beer is kicked tonight before. I clean my lines. Every time I keg kicks, I clean the line. I've been doing that for years. My dad taught me that as a kid, working in his bar. And um, so my wife, Roz, runs Alewife. She's pretty good at doing all that. And then each manager at each bar does this. I do. I just pick the beer list and I order all the kegs for all the places. And I run around and make sure all the lines are clean, do tests on them. And then just do staff trainings and, you know, make sure people know their stuff about beer. And so tell, us about, happy. tell us about your... I saw on Father's Day you posted a picture of your dad. Did. So did you grow up working with your father? Did yeah, you my, um, I'm a fourth-generation bar owner now. And... Uh, so was my brother but um, dad was we just grew up I grew up in the bar industry all my life like since I remember stocking shelves and cleaning lines as a kid and um, that picture was uh, it's me and dad I was in I, I was a competitive swimmer and um, that was when we were at the All-Ireland Championships and it was just it was a long time ago <laughs> trying to piece it together I forgot about the show today I can't remember yesterday so trying to remember <laughs> that hang on <laughs> alright man Let's, let's let's do a quick talk, talk around. So we're talking about Belgian beers. What beer did you like the most tonight, Brendan? Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm partial to Taras Bobo. That's uh, that's kind of my go-to. I, I stateside, it's uh, cart and boat for the session beer, and then you know if I'm going uh, if I'm going long distance, it's Taras Bobo. Patrick, what about you? Um, my Desert Island beer is the Ronk XX, but I I haven't had a chance to train everything else. But this old fecker. The IPA, the barley IPA, was pretty damn sweet. It was, it was warm. It was, it was like to me, it was like a cask conditioned beer, which I'm a massive fan of cask ale. And I think that one, you know, it's, it's different for me. I never really had rose petals in an IPA before. I don't think so. Yeah, no, it, it's a totally different style. So the, yeah. you're, you're calling it rustic, Nathan, but it's <laughs> it's it's more just like innovative. Innovative is a great word for that. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, that's that's a big part of uh, what I do. I. I I try to think of things that I haven't seen before. That's that's very basic, you know. Man, what what would rustic beer be? Who wants to say? Is it like twigs in there? You know what I mean? There think, might there might be there. Yeah. Very well, maybe. I think it's the same thing as like in food. Honest ingredients, man. Just yeah. keeping it simple. Letting the things that you Old use come forth. Kind of. You know, let everything that you're brewing come forth and, and shine. And Nothing too technical, anything. Brendan. Nothing too technical. To jump in quickly though, this uh, has so much potential with food. Uh, just because you know, if you're talking about like your your foraging ingredients, you got more all mushrooms. I would love to have this with a mushroom dish. Foraging, you know? that's rustic, right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Solved. <laughs> Next, Forager. pick it out of the dirt. Yeah, <laughs> that's rustic. All right, and you gentlemen, did you have power brings home? You have other Belgian beers too, don't you? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about hoppy Belgian beers, I mean, the two that pop in the mind right now are the. The Troubadour Magma, which is you know American IPA influenced, 
um, with the, uh, the Galaxy Hop and uh, we also have the Paratribble Hop that just actually hit the market this year and is actually just in New York coming out this month so that's one that you're going to start seeing in, in draft and bottle what was the last one? the Parat Triple Hop so Parat beer if people are not familiar with it is a beer made by uh, Van Steenberg Brewery they also make Golden Drock um, it's a 10.5 ABV beer really nice strong golden it's actually a triple in style uh, the Triple Hop is using the, the same base of the Parat but pitching four different styles of hops three different times in the brewing process and you, you get a really nice quality to it. And, and it's dangerous because Belgians don't really like to expand on uh, the same name like American breweries, you know, that make, make everything under the same title. But having something like the Triple Hop is actually really nice to have a variety to go off of what's, what's already a really known, really liked beer. It's, it's going to do really well. We're really excited about it. So if you see it out there, grab a Parat Triple Hop and crack one open. All right. Let's let's uh, just finish up. We've got a uh, Ciderwick this weekend at Jimmy's Number Forty Three. Patrick, what's going on at your bars this weekend? I have Nikasi all week. Nikasi. We're doing uh, starting with top today at four twenty. Well, it's already gone by for all three bars. Ten tops at each bar. Um, next one we got um, Victory with Bill Kobaleski. We're doing a party bus from the three bars. Ten Victory beers at each bar on the twenty sixth. Tickets are on the website. All right. <laughs> so we got July Good Beer Month coming up. We'll have more on that next week. And a shout-out again to our friends at Coney Island on Tap. We're doing a special event uh, July 12th at the Brooklyn Cyclone Park in uh, Coney Island. So check that out, Coney Island on Tap. All right, it's been a good show. We were talking about a lot of things. Brandon, congratulations. Good luck with the uh, Master Sister. I know it's tough. Thank you. Hopefully they uh, don't make me pour beer while I'm writing my essays. I, I hope they recorded or listened to the recording today. They were going, oh, that guy passed. <laughs> Patrick, you should be the judge. You'd be good. <laughs> That'd be Man, nice. I'd take under the table or pass out any day. <laughs> Just like FIFA. <laughs> yeah. I learned from FIFA. Well, I'd like to thank our sponsors. That it's, it's soccer season. Last time, four years ago, we had the Sheldon Brothers on playing Vavuzelas from South Africa. So uh, this is a pretty tame crowd for the World Cup. Any, yeah. You guys want to say anything about the World Cup? Belgium won, so for us, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations to Belgium. It was a little dicey. And USA, which is the best. Well, I, 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 I'm very happy with Netherlands I brewed up on tap so I'm pretty happy they're doing good so we'll see when you, when you listen to this you'll probably know who won the World Cup but I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com for helping to bring this podcast to you tonight thanks to Nathan, Brendan, Patrick, Shahan and, and Dan for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network I'm Jimmy Carboni thanks to our producers Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy and engineer tonight Joe Galarraga thanks for listening we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio alright for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.